Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Hey, this is Pickle the Drummer from Death Clack and um, you're listening to Tackin' Metal. Hi, this is Ozzy Osbourne and you're listening to Talking Metal. <laughs> hey, this is Ace Frehley, and you're watching Talking Metal, rock and roll. Hey, what's going on, everybody? This is Zach Wild, Black Label Society. I'm all doing a hang, and you're watching Talking Metal. <laughs> Over London, Zurich, Auckland, Dublin, Dallas, Milwaukee, Los Angeles, Sydney, Indianapolis, Tokyo, Seattle, Paris, Budapest, Berlin, New York. Ladies and gentlemen, two men who are committed to rocking you wherever you might be, John Astronomy and Mark Striegel. Welcome to the Talking Metal Podcast, broadcasting around the world from TalkingMetal.com and StriegelsMusicNews.com. Welcome to another edition of Talking Metal. We got Santa Claus is coming to town over the PA. Yeah, I don't know if you can hear that. The Jacksons, is that Michael Jackson? Exactly. Yeah, I think so. We were going to do this podcast outside in the middle of Times Square like we do uh, a lot of the uh, host raps here on the podcast, but it, it was so freaking cold out there that we ducked into uh, the Marriott Marquis here. Uh, we're up on the eighth floor hanging out on our lunch break from work. A lot of cool stuff happened to Talking Metal this past year, guys. Thanks for being a part of it with us. The year ended up very cool for us because we got a picture in Revolver Magazine, uh, which is kind of the year-end edition of Revolver. Uh, has some Pantera stuff in there. has the best-of list for 2009. And uh, a picture of the Talking Metal crew hanging out with Rob Halford and the guys from Revolver. So check that out in the current issue of Revolver magazine. What are you up to uh, for New Year's, John? You know what? I was thinking of going over to Metal Mike's. Uh, He may be doing something for New Year's, like a little event. Not sure if that's still happening or not. Otherwise, I was invited to a place called John's Pizza near Times Square, and the family was going to have a police escort, believe it or not, take me out to... Times Square to watch the ball drop at midnight and then escort me right back to John's Pizza. Not sure if that's going to happen or not, but they're very cool. What family? The owners of John's Pizza. You said the family, like they're a mafia yeah, or yeah. something. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Well, that sounds like fun. I love that restaurant. It's an old church that they've converted into a, a pizza place. And I always like to bring uh, 
people from out of town to John's Pizza because it's not your typical like Planet Hollywood, Times Square type of place. It's uh, kind of got its own unique charm and great thin crust New York style pizza. Highly recommended. No doubt about it. What's really strange is the building that we're in right now, the Marriott Marquis, is like one of the premier Times Square hotels. And underneath the building, there is a driveway, which is where we do some Talking Metal podcast. And about a week and a half ago, there was a shooting right there. Yeah, and a couple shootings in Jersey City out in your neck of the woods, too, uh, right by the Grove Street Path Station. Uh, a baby and a mother were shot to death. Jeez, I didn't even know that. Man, Grove Street, that's one that you know I'm frequently at. I was there last night at like 11 o'clock at night. Yeah, so watch out. Uh, sad news. Anyways... I don't know how we've ended up talking about all this stuff on Talking Metal. Let's get into some metal. Let's talk some metal right now. Stick with us in 2010, guys. We have some great, great stuff on deck for you, including some appearances on the Headbangers Ball. The interview you're going to hear with Zach today will actually be featured on an upcoming episode of the Headbangers Ball. Some little short clips from the interview, I should say. That was great, hanging out with Zach at uh, the Gibson showroom. Yeah, it was really neat to return to the scene of the initial crime of the extravaganza from the Zach Wild TV episode where we recorded the brand new song Till the End, which we'll hear later today. And we did some acoustic versions of some other great black label songs and just basically had a blast and uh, as soon as Zach walked in to the building and he saw me, he was like, oh, no. Yeah, that was great. That was great. But he was very cool to us. And even before we started rolling the cameras and the audio, he was telling me about how the booze isn't what caused his you know, recent bout in the hospital. It had actually nothing to do with it. But he has given up booze just to kind of be on a, a healthier uh, lifestyle. And he said the booze actually thinned his blood, which would help with blood clots. So... Uh, there's been some speculation on different message boards and stuff that, you know, his consumption of alcohol had something to do with the blood clots. Not true, guys. Definitely not true. And we just had a great time hanging with Zach at the Gibson showroom. And then Zach had spent a couple days in New York where he did a Sam Ash guitar clinic for Gibson. And then on Halloween, Zach did a great show. It was the Hellfire Halloween Bash and Black Label played and hung out there. I actually have a little interview clip from there that I'll dig up. It won't be on this episode, but we'll save it for another one. So that should be cool as well. But anyway, why don't we hear a little bit of Black Label Society, then we will go into the interview with Zach and then follow it up with some more music. This comes from the Skull Edge CD, and uh, it's Armory Records, April 2009. It's kind of like a greatest hits package, although it includes some acoustic stuff that previously was electric and a lot of cool tunes, so it's worth checking out. There's also a companion DVD, which has a lot of live stuff on it. It's also called Skullage. This song is called Fire It Up by Black Label Society.
Hey, this is Mark. And this is John from Talking Metal. You're watching the Headbangers Ball. We are here with the one and only Zach Wild. Zach, I guess the main question everybody's wondering is, how are you feeling? I'm feeling sexy, man. You know, good. I'm, you know, but uh, no, I feel fine, man. You know, with the blood clots and everything like that, uh, three heart attacks, and um, the uh, liver transplant, and then um, sex change operation it was right. successful. I mean, compared to the last time, they butchered me on that one. But uh, yeah, aside of that, I feel fine. I feel swell. Now, Zach, the last time we were in this very same room, we were here for 13 hours, and we did the brand new song, Till the End, and man, that was such an honor to play and record with you, man. Yeah, it was awesome, man. Oh, totally. Uh, it, was, uh, it was in here. Okay, good, man. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so cool, man. Yeah, last time we were here, it was a blast, dude. There are people that actually want to hear more of that stuff. Oh, the mellow stuff? Oh, I always love the mellow stuff. Like I said, I, you know, as much as I love, you know, Sabbath and all the heavy stuff, it's just like... Uh, Elton John and the Eagles and, you know, Neil Young and all, all the good male stuff. But uh, I love doing both. So, you know, eventually, obviously, down the line, I mean, that's that's the whole plan anyway. I mean, you know, it's just like uh, I don't want to be sitting up there blasting away suicide in the side. You know, I mean, I got plans like later on, you know, as Black Label, the older it gets, you know, obviously sitting down with, you know, even with, you know, because with Nick, I mean, with the original, you know, with the lineup we got, but, I mean, adding things with, like, Pedal Steel and, you know, uh, you know, B3 and stuff like, you know, just keyboard and stuff like that, just like more elements like, you know, like when Neil Young did like Unplugged and stuff like that, you know, eventually as, you know, and even the same thing with our audience as it gets older and everything like that, you know what I mean? And then start the next line of Black Label, you know, <laughs> the new guys coming up, you know what I mean? And just let them go back to, you know, doing the super heavy stuff, you know? I mean, the menudo of metal, you know what I right. mean? <laughs> <laughs> now, Zach, you're holding the brand new Epiphone guitar, which is your new guitar. Can you tell us about designing this? Oh, yeah, and well, uh, the Graveyard Disciple, yeah. Well, like, lately I was saying, uh, I was talking with the guys before, it's just like, uh, you know, like how Jeff Beck collect cars and everything like that. You know, some of my buddies collect other things or whatever, you know, side of sports artifacts, whatever, you know, I'm into that stuff. But, uh, you know, with the guitars, just like nowadays, even with eBay or anything like that, or just a uh, vintage guitar magazine, you know, where I just, you know, I mean, it's just like Toys R Us for guitar players, you know. So, uh, not just collecting vintage stuff or, you know, just cool guitars, but, uh, you know, just getting into, like, really, like, weird-shaped guitars or just vintage stuff, you know, whatever. It's just like, uh, I ended up saying, you know, we were talking about Bo Diddley one day, you know, with the box guitar, and then, uh, you know, Billy Gibbons has, you know, the Billy Bo thing and everything like that. So it's just like, I mean, like I was, we were talking before, the guitar is so goddamn ugly. I, that's the charm of it, you know what I mean? Right. So, uh you know, I was talking about, like, with the Bo Diddley thing, with the boxing, I said, man, it'd be cool, you know, if I could find one of those things or whatever, if Gretsch makes them or something, you know, just checking it out and everything like that. But uh, I remember uh, our merch company with Felix and the guys over at Bravado, they sent me this, uh, it was like a coffin-shaped thing with the black label logo on it and everything like that with uh, the crucifix on it and everything. And I just go, uh, you know, I had, like, lollipops in there or something with all the song titles and everything like that. And I was just going, man, if you put a neck on this thing, I mean, I was looking at the shape of it, and I just took it and just because, you know, it's about, like, this big. I just put it on the ground just, like, on a piece of paper and just drew a neck on it and then, like, took a picture of it, and I sent it to him. I said, could you guys do something like this, you know, make a guitar with the logo on it and, you know, put some pickups in it. I was just thinking for shits and giggles, you know what I mean? Right. Just, but then, you know, I started jamming on the thing. I'm like, man, this did an ass-kicking job. So, I mean, basically what it is is just the body's more mahogany, like an SG, like Gibson SG. And the uh, the neck is, uh, what the neck is just like on my Les Pauls. It's just... uh you got the ebony fretboard and the maple neck. So, I mean, the guitar sounds slamming. It's got the, you know, the 80, the Zach Wall pickups in it, and you got the Floyd on it, so... Which is I rare mean, for a Gibson Epiphone to have a Floyd, right? Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, but, you know, to me, I mean, that's what I've, you know, 
I mean, when they first came out, you know, Eddie was using them, and you know, everybody, you know, so it's just like, uh, you know, Floyd Rose, you know, the whammy of doom, you know, what I mean, but uh, so the whole thing is, I mean, the guys did an amazing job. I was just, I was just talking about doing it as a goof, you know what I mean? But the, I mean, the thing came out awesome. So I, I mean, I love the way it sounds. I love the way it plays. So uh, yeah, I've been jamming out all the time now. Now, Zach, you're known primarily for playing Les Pauls, and you're going to be paying tribute to Les Paul next month down in Nashville. Tell us about that. Yeah, no, uh, we are, we're going down, I mean, after, you know, Les passed. So, you know, that's our guy, but uh, for every musician, you know what I mean? So, um, invented multi-track recording, you know what I mean? Inside of being an insane guitar player and guitar creator. But, uh, yeah, so we're going to go down to the Ryman Auditorium, you know, tribute with Les's band and everything like that to play to the Iridium and everything like that. And, uh, you know, <clears throat> Gibson's also making the, uh, the BFG guitars. And uh, what happened with these guitars, they're uh, obviously Les Paul. But uh, I remember years ago telling, uh, you know, Steve Christmas and all the guys, because I, I had, like, a prototype of the thing, like, 10 years ago, well, in 09. And, uh, you know, or in 99 when they, you know, back when they were, I was just walking through the shop, and you know, with the wood. You know, just a bunch of uh, Les Paul tops. And I was like, man, this is, like, killer. And I, I was jamming on at one of the Gibson showrooms on Peter Frampton's, uh, one of his Les Pauls, you know, with the three pickups and everything like that, but it had, it had no, uh, no finish on it, no paint. It didn't have the pickups in it yet, but it was strung up and everything. I was just jamming on it and like acoustically the guitar was amazing, but it had no paint on it, no nothing. I said, man, it'd be killer if they could do a guitar, you know, like this. So, I mean, it's just like, uh, that's basically all it is. I mean, there's no binding on it. There's no, I mean, all you get in here is just nothing but the wood. I mean, there's no lacquer, you know, I mean, none of, nothing, it just lets the wood breathe, so I mean, and it's chambered as well, so uh, obviously it'll give you probably a bit more high end than uh, even with the customs and the uh, and the standards, you know, so just, a, you know, it's just another ass-kicking uh, Les Paul model guitar, you know, and Gibson did a great job with these things as well. Yeah, they look great. So, Zach, we are um, doing some stuff on the Headbangers Ball now. And cool. when we, when you look back at all the music videos you've done through the years, uh, from all the different bands and projects you've been in, what are some of the ones that stand out as your favorites? The Miracle Man video. You know, it was the first one I ever did with Oz. So it was just like, uh, all I remember when we were making that thing, uh, we had all those pigs in, that, in yeah. that church, right? It was like an old abandoned church type thing. And it's just like we were filming in there. All I remember the pigs were every everywhere and they had the wranglers all the guys that you know owned the pigs you know what i mean from this farm or whatever brought all the pigs and the pigs are all just hanging out minding their own business they're getting ready to do the you know the shoot the you know the video and so they got the, the playback and everything so before the playback started going the pigs were all just hanging out minding their own business randy castillo just because he was up on the uh up on the altar of the church he just starts wailing away on the drums just like first he just started with just one blast on the kick drum just actually you know every one of the pigs just fucking just shit their pants right there dude every one of them like simultaneously yeah. man and you know also, also i remember is like when they were doing my guitar it was, dude it was hysterical well all i remember is all i remember was when i was doing the guitar solo and when you watch the video like when the, when the camera's going over me i'm doing a solo all i remember you know because here i am what 20 years old 19 20 years old whatever i'm sitting there you know trying to be joe rockstar and you know my first video whatever <laughs> i gotta be cool and all this stuff they say you know I just wiped out completely. Just and like I said, there was shit everywhere. I'm just like fucking. Just the pigs are all around me. I'm doing a solo. The cameras around me. I just fucking slip, fall. I'm like covered in nothing but shit. Everyone, all you just to see is just a hand. I'm like because no, I'm just down and out, man. With nothing, just like 
pigs everywhere, shit everywhere. There it was. I mean, you know. But yes, yeah, so like one of our. I mean, I had a great memories of making. Actually, all the videos we've ever done, we've always had a good time. You know. Yeah. That's all it is. You go down there and just hang it when you're not shooting. You just drink a beer. So you know. I mean, we have good. All of them have been hysterical, man. Cool. So, Zach, what's next for Black Label? I heard that you guys are going to be traveling out of the country. Well, right now, uh, what's going to happen right now, I'm doing, uh, we're doing, obviously, this one show with the New York chapter, I guess on Halloween. We're going to knock that out with, obviously, uh, you know, Gibson sponsoring Nephone and Monster and, uh, you know, Jimmy Dunlop and everything like that. So we're going to knock that out on uh, Halloween. Then after that, I was obviously doing the Les Paul uh, tribute thing, you know, at the Ryman. I'll be in the middle of the next month, and then uh, in November, and then uh, we're going to I think China, Japan, and Australia, doing all the promotion for the uh, you know for the Gibsons, for the BFG guitars, and then the uh, obviously the Graveyard Disciple, and then setting up you know the next album and stuff like that. So, and when we get back, because uh, they're building the studio up at the uh, compound, so well you know obviously get in the studio and just start pumping out the next album, then just start you know back out on the road again, man. And that's the game plan. Let's talk about some of the influences you had on the metal side of things. We know that you were a big Randy Rhodes fan, but yeah, what other metal guitar players did you like when you were growing up? Well, yeah, I mean, obviously, uh, I mean, anybody my generation, you know, with Dimebag and everything like that would be, you know, obviously Eddie Van Halen, you know what I mean? Right. Eddie, Eddie and Randy were our guys, you know, it's just like how you had before them, you had, you know, Paige, you know, Clapton in the back, and, you know, Tony Iommi. You know, Richie Blackmore, all the guys, Brian May, I mean, everybody. So, uh, me growing up also, you know, having Al Demiola, you know, my guitar teacher turned me on to, uh, obviously, you know, I was into Tony Iommi because of Sabbath, and then uh, and Jimmy Page because of Zep, and everything like that. But, uh, you know, then they, you know, and obviously because of them, I'd find out about, you know, Jeff Beck and Clapton, you know, and all right. those fusion records and everything like that. So then, uh, and then obviously my guitar teacher would turn me on to, like, uh, you know, Al Demiola, John McLaughlin, Paco, Dale and Chia, and stuff like that. So, you know, like, you know, obviously I loved Angus Young as well. So, you know, I mean, you know, because you, but, you know, like the other guitar players, you you wouldn't never even known about them. I wouldn't have known if I wasn't a guitar player. And then, like, Frank Marino from Mahogany Rush and Robin Trower, I loved, you know what I mean? Sure. So, and obviously Hendrix. So, uh, I mean, you know, I think like all guitar players, once you, you know, your favorite guitar player, you're going to learn all his stuff. Until, you know, then you branch, you know, you, you learn about all these other amazing guitar players, you know mm-hmm. what I mean, whether it's Alan Holdsworth or this and that, you know, whereas like a lot of, you wouldn't have known about it unless you were a guitar player, you know what I mean? Because you right. just find out about then all these jazz guys and, you know, all these amazing jazz greats and everything like that, you know, I mean, Jim Hall and all these other great guys. So it's like, uh, you know, and there's still, then an Albert Lee and then all the country guys and the bluegrass guys, you know what I mean? So, I mean, it's, you know, there's no limit to ever learn you know once you because if you're getting bored with your playing you know bored playing metal or rock or whatever right and i was like oh dude you know i then i start getting into country just something something else to learn you know or jazz or anything like that you know cool now, zach one of the videos i was just checking out on the skull edge dvd was in this river and i remember seeing you getting ready to play that live one day and all of a sudden the piano was just cutting out and you said that you think it's dying messing with you from up oh above. yeah no totally all the time when anything like that happens on stage I just I'm like, oh, you got me again, dude. You know what I mean? It's just like, I'm ever since, you know, when I lost the Grail, that was between, uh, we had seen Dime that night in Dallas. And uh, we, black, we did a Black Label gig, and then we were going to Houston the next day, and I guess the U-Haul opened completely up. But, you know, I mean, thank the good Lord, we didn't end up like an SVT cabinet and come flying out of right. thing and, you know, kill somebody, you know what I mean? But it's just like, uh, 
Yeah, I lost the growl and I lost George, number three, you know, my uh with the bullseye guitars. But uh <clears throat> all I remember all I remember is thinking Dime either took the guitars. I didn't realize the whole thing opened up. They were just lost the guitars. I just figured either Dime took it and I was gonna say somebody stole it or something, you know. He was just gonna show up in Houston, you know, and just go, here, here you go, asshole, here's your fiddle, you know what I mean? But uh no, so I mean like yes, when anything goofy like that happens on stage, you know, like something the pedals aren't working or something, you know, it's just like you gotta be kidding me, man, you know. Or, you know, so you know. Yeah, it's always either dime bag. You know, he's just <laughs> just playing practical jokes as always, man. It's always, he, was, he was slamming at that aside of the guitar playing and all that other stuff. Hey, what's going on, everybody? This is Zach Wild, Black Label Society. We're all doing a hang, and you're watching Talking Metal.
What you just heard was an interview that John and I conducted with Zach Wilde back probably a couple months ago at this point, and our song from a couple years ago, Till the End. That's a song that we uh, performed and kind of, I guess, wrote with Zach Wilde, although I guess he wrote actually the song. We kind of helped out uh, along with Bumblefoot, and I played bass on it, and John played drums, Bumblefoot on guitar, Zach on piano, and vocals. And we also sang backing vocals with him. That was a fun, fun night and a great, great song. A lot of people really like that song. No doubt about it. That song is getting play all over the Internet, YouTube. It's getting play on the Striegel radio stream. You guys got to go check that out. Mark, how can the people who haven't heard about that yet go to that site? They can go to markstriegel.net, and you will see a link in the upper left-hand corner of the screen uh, to the stream and there's a lot of great stuff you know we rerun the talking metal live episodes a lot of people say oh shoot i missed the last episode of talking metal live just go there every tuesday at seven if we're not live john and i are streaming a repeat of the previous week so every tuesday basically at seven o'clock east coast time there is a episode of talking metal live which is a lot of exclusive content that you will not hear on the podcast streaming. So check that out. Definitely. Speaking of the internet and YouTube, uh, there was a cool video that I did with Zach. I think it was probably around 2007. It was the day before you joined us in Las Vegas when we were doing the interview with Ozzy. And basically I was trying to interview Zach and he was going to decide that we were going to do a skit. Mike Inez from Allison Chains was one of the cameramen when I was on camera, and then when he was on camera, I was the cameraman. And Zach basically decided instead of him being interviewed, he was going to hire a character to play him. And it was going to basically say that if you're Zach Wilde and you play in Black Label, lots of girls are going to go for you. And it's worth checking out. It's a really funny, low-budget skit on YouTube, but it's called The Making of the Zach Wild interview, camera by Astronomy and Mike Inez. What do you think of Allison Chains, Mark? I think they have, you know, really done a good job at bringing back the Allison Chains brand, if you will. I wrote about this actually in the news section, which we now call the Wire section on TalkingMetal.com. There's an article up there. If you scroll down a little bit, you'll probably see it, or it might even be still one of the top articles. But they've really uh, come back strong, even though there are really only two of the four original members left at this point. But uh, definitely, uh, I'm looking forward to seeing them when they come through New York in March. And also, speaking of our new TalkingMetal.com website... John and I earlier played Till the End, the song that we did with uh, Zach and Bumblefoot. You can get a free download of that in the wire section on TalkingMetal.com. Again, you might have to scroll down a little bit to find that, but it's a real high-quality clip, too, right off the uh, hard drive. Definitely, guys. Take advantage of the free download provided by Talking Metal of the original Zach Wild tune Till the End featuring Mark and I and Bumblefoot and, of course, Zach on piano and vocals. Uh, we just had such a great time doing that, and it was an honor for us, as you heard in the interview, to play on that and kind of like co-write it, co-arrange it with Zach. And we thank, you know, Zach and Bumblefoot for everything that night. So, Mark, keeping with the vibe of... Uh, 
Alice in Chains, why don't we play something from their brand new record? It's called Black Gives Way to Blue. I think it's a great album. It's very, very solid. Great sound sonically. Yeah, let's check it out. Here's a little sound sample of Alice in Chains. Be sure to pick up the full track on iTunes. Here is Check My Brain. This is Mark. And this is John from Talking Metal. You're watching the Headbangers Ball. Zach, thanks so much for joining us. How are you doing? How are you feeling? We're going to have to redo it without the guitar. I'm just not picking up the intro. Okay, go ahead. Okay. You don't want me tickling the, I, the ivory of fretboards. <laughs> yeah, we're good. Now, wait, you don't want me to tickle it with my, my craft, my art? No. You're annoying the shit out of me. Now shut the fuck up so I can hear what the guys are saying. Oh, I'm sorry. Wait, hold on a second. He's he's insulting the artist. The artiste. <laughs> wait, the best is, well, did you ever see that one Seinfeld with the maestro? Oh, yes. Yeah, he, goes, he goes, wait, hold on a second. You're, not, you're talking about John Thompson? He goes, oh, you mean the maestro? He goes, no, he's not a maestro. He goes, yeah, well, he is a maestro. He goes, dude. He's conductor for what? The policeman? Oh, no, the fireman's benevolent fucking orchestra. He goes, are you fucking kidding me? He goes, well, he prefers to be called the maestro, right? And they're all like, and Jerry goes, well, if he's going to be the maestro, I'm, I'm going to be Jerry the Great. And she goes, yeah. he goes, I'm not going to call you Jerry the Great. He goes, why? He goes, well, I am great. She goes, you know, fucking, but that was the best one. They were in the fucking restaurant with Elaine. And he goes, well, oh, his name was Bob. That was his name, Bob. And she goes, well, hey, Bob, you know, you want to get a... I guess the waitress came over, right? And he goes, um, are you going to get the, the lobster? I mean, it's delicious here, or whatever, you know, whatever dishes they were talking about. And he goes, uh, well, Bob, what are you going to get? And he goes, uh, to the waitress, hold on one second. Um, Elaine, I just wanted to... Uh, I prefer to be called maestro. <laughs> and she's like, what? And she goes, no, maestro. And he's just like, well... Well, you know, he goes, you know, fucking Leonard Bernstein right. was known as Maestro. And he goes, well, don't you think in social situations they just <laughs> call right. him Lenny? You know, he goes, oh, I know for a fact he was at a bar. Somebody walked up to him and said, Maestro, can I buy you a beer? And he right. goes, really? And he goes, yes, and that is a fact, right? And he goes, 
all right, fuck it, maestro, you know, so that, so then from now on, then she started calling him maestro all the time, and, you know, Jerry was like, what the fuck, so yeah, I remember what fucking, oh, my manager, fucking Bob, that's what he calls me, his maestro, when I pick up the phone, you know, or the artiste, or right. fucking, you know, I do, well, even that print shit, I remember fucking one of my buddies was telling me, one of his buds worked for him, and he was told directly, he said, do not look him in the eyes, right. I go, like, if you're teching for me, I mean, yeah. and you, like, if the fucking guitar is <clears throat> fucked up, or, you know, the, tr- the pedal board, you know, we got to fucking work as a team where you go, Zach, I'm already on it, dude. I got another pedal board coming out or whatever. It's probably one of the fucking cables or some fucking stupid ass thing. You know, or if the guitar is so out of fucking tune, you're like, dude, Zach, just take this one, man. You know what I mean? Here, fucking, you know, whatever. But don't look at you. Don't look me in the, I mean, like, <laughs> it's like, dude, I'm, I'm not going to look you. I'm just going to fucking crack you in the fucking eyes is what I'm going to fucking do. Until, you know what I mean? No, but that's not. Fucking bullshit. That's a fucking... Like well, you go, you're fucking making that up, right? And it's like, I don't know. I mean, like Ozzy was with Buckethead. Ozzy goes, like, I was jamming with him. He's really good. And I go, yeah, he's fucking awesome, Oz. And he goes, but I was like, what's your real name? No, you go, I'm not fucking calling you fucking Buckethead. <laughs> <laughs> and he, Ozzy, you know, I go... Uh, well, whatever. He goes, well, what the fuck is that? He goes, I was like, I'm not saying anything, dude, you know. But Ozzy's like, and maestro pocket, and I go, well, you call me shit bag. <laughs> oh, well. 